1: Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended.
2: And now, with the conclusion of this week's Sonic Summerstock Playhouse,
3: Mr. David Alt.
2: Welcome back to Sonic Summerstock Playhouse 13. If you could please take your seats. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes. I'm David Alt, and Ms. Rachel Pulliam and her Soul Twin Audio Players await you with the exciting adaptation from Robert Arthur's classic Ring Once for Death.
3: Stories created solely with the vintage soul in mind.
4: Psst. Hey, Patchwork Classics! Patchwork Classics! Patchwork Classics! Patchwork
1: Classics! Patchwork classics. Shh.
3: Once for Death was adapted by Rachel Pulliam from the short story by Robert Arthur, originally written for Amazing Tales in March of 1954. Extensive research did not uncover any evidence that the U.S. copyright on this publication was renewed. And now, Ring Once for Death, starring Gina Moravec and Richard Braddock.
0: Mark, it... it hasn't changed. It doesn't look as if a thing has been sold since we were here on our honeymoon.
1: It certainly doesn't. If someone hadn't told us Sam Key was dead, I'd believe we'd step back 20 years in time. Like they do in those scientific stories young Diana reads.
0: We must buy something. For a 20th anniversary present for me. Perhaps a bell?
4: Good evening. May I show you something? We think we want a bell,
1: but we're not quite sure.
4: You're Sam Key's child? Sam Key Jr. My honored father passed to the halls of his ancestors five years ago. I could just say that he died, but customers like the more flowery mode of speech. They think it's quaint. I think it's
0: just nice, and not quaint at all. We're sorry your father is dead. We'd hope to see him again. Twenty years ago, when we were a very broke young couple on our honeymoon, he sold us a wonderful rose crystal necklace
4: for half price. I'm sure he still made a profit. But uh, if you'd like a bell, uh, here are some small temple bells, uh, or camel bells, we have dinner bells.
0: A bell carved out of crystal! And rose crystal at that! Oh, what could be more perfect? A rose crystal wedding present and a rose crystal anniversary present.
4: I don't think you'll want that. It's broken.
0: Broken? It looks perfect to me. I
4: mean, it is not complete. It has no clapper. It will not ring. Why,
1: that's right. The clapper's missing.
4: The bell and the clapper were deliberately separated by my father 20 years ago. My... Father was afraid of this bell.
1: Afraid of it?
4: (laughs) It will probably sound like a story for Taurus, but my father believed it. This bell was supposedly stolen from the temple of a sect of Buddhists somewhere in the mountains of China's interior. So just as many Occidentals believe that the Christian Judgment Day will be heralded by a blast on St. Peter's Trumpet, so this small sect is said to believe that when a bell like this one is rung, a bell carved from a single piece of rose crystal and consecrated by ceremonies lasting ten years, that any dead within sound of it will rise and live again.
0: Heavenly. And no pun intended. Mark, think what a help this bell will be in your practice when we make it ring again. (laughs) I'm just teasing him. My husband is really a fine surgeon. I
4: must tell you, you will not be able to make it ring. Only the original clapper, carved from the same block of rose crystal, will ring it. That is why my father separated them. I have told you only half of what my father told me. He said that, though it defeats death... Death cannot be defeated. Robbed of his chosen victim, he takes another in his place. Thus, when the bell was used in the temple of its origin... Let us say, when a high priest or a chief had died, a slave or servant was placed handy for death to take when he had been forced to relinquish his grasp upon the important one. There, a, a preposterous story. Now, if you wish it, the bell is ten dollars. Plus, of course, sales tax.
1: The story alone is worth more. I think we'd better have it sent, hadn't we, Edith? It'll be safer in the mail than in our suitcase.
0: Sent? Oh, of course... And as for it's not ringing, I shall make it ring. I know I shall.
1: If the story's true, I hope not.
0: it's here. now. make it ring.
1: <laughs> Just for the sake of curiosity and not because I believe that delightful sales talk we were given. Let's see if it'll ring when I tap it. It should, you know. Surely, something will make it ring. I know. Let's see if this will do it.
0: <laughs> if you're finished, Mark, let me show you how it's done.
1: Gladly. How did you do that?
0: I just put the clapper back in place with some thread.
1: The clapper? Don't tell me. The crystal necklace we bought 20 years ago.
0: Of course. As soon as young Sam Key told us about the separation of the clapper and the bell, I remembered the central crystal pendant on my necklace. It is shaped like a bell clapper. We mentioned it once. I guessed right away we had the missing clapper. But I didn't say so. I wanted to score on you, Mark. And because, you know, I had an odd feeling Sam Key Jr wouldn't let us have the bell if it was known we had the clapper.
1: I don't think so either. Yet he didn't really believe that story he told us any more than we do.
0: No, but his father did. And if old Sam Key had told it to us, remember how wrinkled and wise he seemed? i do you believe we'd have believed the story.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. Nope. Nothing happened. <laughs> Although, of course, that may be because there was no deceased around to respond.
0: I'm not sure I feel like joking about the story. I had planned to use it as a dinner bell and to tell the story to our guests. But now, I'm not sure.
1: Uh, sit still. I'll answer it. Dr. Williams speaking. Oh, that's... that's terrible. Uh, yes, I'll uh, right away. What happened? An emergency operation. A nice young man, automobile accident. Fracture of the skull, Dr. Amos says. He wouldn't have disturbed me so soon after our trip, but as the only neurologist in town with Dr. Hendricks away on vacation...
0: I know. A doctor's work is never done. Come on, I'll drive you. These things happen, darling. You know that. A doctor can only do so much. Some of the job always remains in the hands of nature. And she does play tricks at times.
1: Yes, confound it, I know. But I resent losing that lad. There was no valid reason for it. Unless there was some complication I overlooked. I ordered an autopsy, but yes, I'm going to do that autopsy myself. I'm going to turn back and do it now. I have to know. Mar? <sighs> Mar? Hey, lady, take it easy. You had a bad bump. you got to lie still until the ambulance gets here. It'll be along in five minutes.
0: Mark, my husband, is he alright?
1: Now, lady, please. He's being taken care of. You... Mark! He's... Yes, lady, he's dead. He was still breathing when I got here, but he died two, three minutes ago.
4: Now, listen, officer, I'm telling you again, it wasn't my fault. The guy pulled sharp left right in front of me. Not a thing I could do. It's a wonder we weren't all three of us killed. You can see by the marks on their car, it wasn't my fault.
5: You can't be dead. You...
0: You just can't be.
1: I'm really sorry, lady. I wish there was something I could do. Heck, I can't even offer you anything to wipe your eyes.
0: I, I should have something in my purse.
1: <gasps>
0: Mark. Mark, darling!
1: Edith, Sorry. That was careless of me, thinking of the hospital. You're
0: alive! You're alive! Oh, darling, darling, lie still. The ambulance should be here any second.
1: Ambulance? I'm all right now. Help me set up.
0: But, Mark...
1: Just a bump on the head. Easy, buddy, easy. We thought you were gone. Now let's not lose you a second time. Hey, I'm sure glad you're all right.
4: (laughs) You fella, you had me all upset even though it wasn't my fault. I mean, how's a guy gonna keep from hitting you when... when... Catch him! How's that
1: possible?
0: You're awake.
1: I woke up a few minutes ago. I've been lying here, thinking.
0: I'll get you another phenobarbital. Dr. Amos said for you to take them and sleep until tomorrow.
1: I know. I'll take one presently. You know, hearing that clock just now reminded me of something. Yes? Just before I came to this afternoon, after the crash, I had a strange impression of hearing a bell ring. It sounded so loud in my ears that I opened my eyes to see what it was. A bell? Just auditory hallucination, of course.
0: But, Mark... Yes? A a bell did ring. I mean, I had the crystal bell in my bag and it tinkled a little. Do you suppose...
1: Of course not. This was a loud bell, like a great gong.
0: But, I mean, Mark, darling, a moment earlier, you... Had no pulse.
1: No pulse?
0: And you weren't breathing. Then the crystal bell tinkled and you, you... Nonsense! I know what you're thinking and believe me, it's nonsense! But Mark, the driver of the other car, you had no sooner regained consciousness than he... He had a
1: fractured skull. The ambulance intern diagnosed it. Skull fractures often fail to show themselves and then, bingo, you keel over. That's what happened. Now let's say no more about it.
0: Of course. Shall I fix the phenobarbital now?
1: Yes. No. Is Diana home yet?
0: No. She hasn't come back yet.
1: Has she phoned? She knows she's supposed to be in by midnight at the latest.
0: No, she... hasn't phoned. But there's a school dance tonight.
1: That's no excuse for not phoning. She has the old car, hasn't she?
0: Yes. You gave her the keys this morning, remember?
1: Now the more reason she should phone... Two o'clock is too late for a 17-year-old girl to be out.
0: I'll speak to her. She won't do it again. Now, please, Mark, let me get you the phenobarbital. I'll stay up until Diana...
1: Hello? Yes? Yes, I see. I understand. I'll... I'll come at once. Thank you for calling.
0: Mark, it's Diana, isn't it? Don't try to keep me from knowing. It's about Diana.
1: Yes. Diana is hurt. I have to go to her. An accident.
0: She's dead. Diana's dead. Isn't she, Mark?
1: Edith. Edith. Yes. She's dead. Forty minutes ago, the car went over a curve. They have her at the county morgue. They want me to identify her. Identify her, Edith. see the car caught on fire.
0: I'm coming with you. Mark, was it?
1: Yes, it's Diana. I've completed the formalities. For now, the only thing we can do is go home.
0: I'm going to her.
1: There's no need.
0: She's she's my daughter. Let me go.
1: No. What have you got under your coat?
0: It's the bell. The rose crystal bell. I'm going to ring it where Diana can hear. It brought you back, Mark. Now it's going
5: to bring Diana. <laughs> Edith.
1: You mustn't believe that's possible. You can't. Those were coincidences. Now, let me have it. No!
0: I'm going to ring it!
1: I want Diana
0: back! I'm going to ring the bell! There! I've rung it. I know you don't believe, but I do. It'll bring Diana back. Diana! Diana! Can you hear me? You're
1: just tormenting yourself. Come home. Please, come home.
0: Not until Diana has come back. Diana, can you hear me?
1: Give me that. Oh, Edith, if only you'd let me come alone.
0: Mark, listen.
1: What? Listen.
3: Mother?
5: Dad? Where are you? Diana. It's Diana. Let me go. I must go to her. Mother? Are you in there?
0: Let me go.
5: Yes, Diana, we're in here.
1: Edith, if you have ever loved me, listen to me. You mustn't let her in. I had to identify her by her class ring and her wallet. She was burned, terribly burned.
0: I'm going to her.
1: Edith, no, wait.
5: (sighs) Oh, Diana. Hey, mom, I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry. But I didn't know what had happened until I got home and you weren't there. And then one of the sisters from the sorority called me. I realized there must have made a mistake, and you'd come here. And I called for a taxi and came out here. My taxi left me off at the entrance around the block, and I've been looking for you down there. Poor Paula. Paula? Paula Friedberg. She was driving the old car. I lent her the keys and my driver's license. I shouldn't have, but she's older and she kept begging me.
0: Then it's Paula who was killed. Paula who was...
5: burned? Yes, Paula. I feel terrible about lending her the car. But she was supposed to be a good driver. And then them calling you. You and Dad thinking it was me. (laughs) Then Mark was right. Of course he was right. It's just a bell. A pretty little bell, that's all. Bell? I don't follow you, Mom. Oh,
0: never mind. It's just a bell. It hasn't any powers over life and death. It doesn't bring back and it doesn't take away. But let's go back up to your father. (laughs) He may be thinking that the bell... uh, That the bell really worked. Mark, darling! Oh, you'll never guess what happened. It turns out that bell... That bell was just D-
5: dad Mom is he? Dad. Looks like the clapper from this bell broke off and pierced his heart. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: listening to Rachel Pulliam's adaptation of Ring Once for Death, which is episode two of Patchwork Classics, a new series of audio plays from the public domain for Soul Twin Audios. Featured in our cast, Sharon Grunwald as the announcer, Gina Moravec as Edith Williams, Richard Braddock as Dr. Mark Williams, Caleb Bressler as Sam Key Jr., Stephen Murray as the State Trooper, Jack West as the driver, and Rachel Schumacher as Diana. The Patchwork Classic Voices were performed by Billy Flynn, Charity Spencer, Sean Madsen, and Steve Fate, with Ross Bernhardt as the whistling man. Ring Once for Death was directed and produced by Rachel Pulliam, with incidental music by Ross Bernhardt, and sound effects provided by freesound.org.
2: Our grateful thanks to Soul Twin Audio for another stellar performance. And have no fear, Ms. Rachel Pulliam and her troupe will return for still another feature on this year's Sonic Summerstock Playhouse stage. However, please join us next week with another return from Halifax favourites, Mr. Pete Lutz and the Narada Radio Company with 20th Century. Until then, I'm David Olt, your host. And from myself and our announcer, Jack Ward, good night from Halifax, Nova Scotia. And that concludes this week's performance of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, features, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their respective copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society and a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network and any shows that continue their run must receive express permission from all parties involved. Join us next week for another new classic. With thanks to our announcer, Jack Ward, I'm your host, David Olds. Good night.
1: Are you in the mood for a good laugh? (laughs) Or maybe a good scream? How about some childlike wonder? Or a thought-provoking mystery? Then get your ears ready for a treat because the Mutual Audio Drama Network presents shows every day for your enjoyment. Each day is a different genre featuring the talents of a huge pool of audio drama masters. Oh, and some clever comedy creators as well. <laughs> Subscribe to the Mutual feed and get them all or choose the genres you really love. <gasps> You'll find the Mutual Audio Network at all your favorite places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Earbuddies Podcast, Podcastorama, Casting Call, Codpast, and wherever quality shows are found. Okay, I made a few of those up. Or simply go online to MutualAudioNetwork.com. And of course, it's all free. free. The Mutual Audio Drama Network. Listen and imagine together. Maintaining social distancing, of course.